Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Skellington Grin Podcast. I am your host, Alice B. Skellinger, and tonight, tonight's episode is a spontaneous episode, not a planned one. Um, <laughs> I've said many times already in, in, in these episodes that this, this podcast is virtually unscripted. <laughs> Um, I do have, I do have episodes that I have planned, you know, like I, I do have, um, a journal of, of different topics that I want to cover in, in a good majority of my episodes for like, um, you know, but there are going to be episodes that are very unscripted, especially my messages, um, because they're, they're more like channeled messages and, um, I'm doing this episode tonight it is it is nightfall where I am. Um, the sun has set and the the sky is turning is turning darker. Um, a lot of people are winding down, getting ready for bed um, if they're not you know working late, of course. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to to do this episode before I went to sleep because it came about very spontaneously. Um, I just recently sent a voice message to one of my good friends, um, who herself also had a podcast before, and, um, I, I don't want to name drop just yet, um, I want to wait until, uh, I can get her on this podcast, because I, I hope to someday soon, um, do an episode with her, because she is an amazing person, um, she is a Reiki healer, a life coach, a life mapping coach, she's, she's amazing, um, she's a doctor of metaphysics and and she loves what she does and she's great at doing what she does um but she's been a friend of mine for for about a year and um I met her through um another community that I was part of and I actually met her at one of my old jobs actually and um because she came in and she got a reading from me (laughs) and um she she's a beautiful soul and I I sent her a a voice message um because that's how we and that's how we uh communicate we communicate through uh through text and voice messages and sometimes even if I'll send a a voice message she'll send me a text message back and I love that um and it just like like we bounce off of each other whenever we do that too but I sent her a voice message and in that message I I said something so profound that is a piece of advice that I'm going to start following um because uh as as my name is Alice sometimes um I give myself very good advice but I very seldom follow it (laughs) um (laughs) but but lately I've been I've been doing better with that and um anyway I I said something really profound in this voice message that I sent to her and I wanted to hop on and and record it and and use it as as a message for for this podcast um for my listeners and for anyone who could use a similar piece of advice and who who might resonate with this message just as much um so without further ado I'm I'm gonna dive right in and deliver this message before I deliver this message, I want to preface this episode the way I do all other episodes, that this is a safe space for anyone regardless of gender, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, 
color of skin, ethnicity, religious affiliation, or political affiliation, or anything else that you can think of that helps you to identify who you are as a person. You are seen, you are welcome, you are valid, you are worthy, you are appreciated, you are approved of, you are loved. You are absolutely 100% love. And I am so grateful to have you as a listener. So if this is your first episode, welcome. (laughs) If this is, um, if you've been following this podcast ever since it's been running, um, thank you for coming back. And I hope that this episode helps you as much as it helped me. So the message that I, I sent to her, I, I said this. Sometimes the scariest monsters are the ones that we create for ourselves. I know that might sound a little bit weird um, when, you, when you first hear that kind of a message. It might, might strike a chord with you and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? What? <laughs> like, um... <laughs> You know, but, but yeah, sometimes the scariest monsters that can exist within our worldview are the ones that we create for ourselves. Now, when I say monsters, I'm not talking just about like inner demons. I'm not talking about, you know, things that we have to face maybe because we're healing from trauma or we're healing from, um, you know bad breakups or or anything like that um those those can be monsters too very much so but i'm talking about those internal narratives they sometimes those internal narratives um excuse me internal narratives let me slow down i talk too fast sometimes and i will trip over my words (laughs) but sometimes those internal narratives may have started out as external narratives. And they are words that we've taken on and started to believe for ourselves. Maybe because we originally heard someone else say them. Whether it was a bully in school, or it was somebody that we trusted, or it was, heck, even a family member. And and that can be the hardest one. Um, And... But sometimes it's the narratives that people have originally told us that we then start to internalize and use as our own narratives towards ourselves. And we, and we affirm these things that maybe go against what we want to affirm and what we want to manifest into our lives and what we want to be true. But we've told ourselves for so long that they are true and we believed for so long that they are true. We've, excuse me, we've believed those narratives that have been given to us. We've believed those, those things that people have told us. We've started to believe them for ourselves because we have internalized them. And it could be things like, okay, I'm always going to be struggling. I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to make enough money. I'm never going to have enough money. I'm never going to have that security. I'm never going to be able to, to, to live on my own and, and be independent. I'm never going to be able to get out of my family's house if that's a goal for you, you know. 
I'm never going to be able to get past this certain point in my life. We, we're conditioning ourselves to continue to believe that because maybe it's something that we've been told. Or maybe because we, we don't see the results of our hard work happening fast enough. Even when we know that we're, we're working hard, whether it's actually working long hours at a job and, and raking in a lot of money from that, or, or at least, you know, raking in enough to survive on, um, and, and, it, and it doesn't feel like it's enough because you're working, you know, maybe 40 plus hours a week and you're only making a certain amount an hour, so you're using all of that money to pay your bills and then you have nothing left at the end to, to save for emergencies or, or do something nice for yourself or save for that, that life that you want that's, that's different from the one that you have now um, or, or save to improve the life that you have now even if you're going to stay relatively where you're at but you just want to make some improvements you know um, you, you maybe want to renovate the house that you're in for example or you, you just want to upgrade your life a little bit. And, and you feel like you can't do that because you're spending most of your time working towards that. That everything that you're doing is a means to an end, but it's not getting you to where you need to be. And, and sometimes the reason it's not getting you where you need to be is because you still have these like almost self-limiting beliefs or or in fact, they're not even almost self-limiting. They, they might actually be self-limiting beliefs. And even if those beliefs came from somebody else originally, you took on those beliefs and you started, you started claiming them to be true. So now they're your beliefs, as well as the beliefs of other people who have told you no and who have put you down and told you that you are wrong for doing what it is that you're doing and told you that you will never get anywhere doing what you're doing because it's not conventional or it's it's not really going to get you anywhere take for example the belief that you'll only really be successful in life if you go to college and you and you, you know, level up in college, and you, and you go for that master's degree or that PhD, that's the only way you're going to get a good job, right? Well, I'm going to be honest. I, I went to school. I did go for um, graduate school after, but I went to graduate school for all of three semesters, and I have not gone back because I couldn't afford to take out more loans that I didn't even know I would be, I didn't even, you know, know if I'd be able to pay off. Um, and I didn't want to stay in school anymore. I was going to school only a couple of days a week, and then um, my, my classes converted to completely online before the end of my third semester, and then I decided I didn't want to go back. Um, and, and maybe, maybe one day I'll see that and be like, okay, well, maybe I do want to go back. But at the time being, I don't. Because I feel like there's a different purpose for me in, in life. And, and maybe the reason I don't want to go back is because I, I don't feel like I will be reaching those goals that I have for myself. Or doing those things that I want to do to, to be the creative person that I am. And it's not that I'm limiting myself with that. It's that I found something else in my life that, 
that is more purposeful to me than staying in school and and going for something that I I maybe only have a minimal interest in after being in the degree program that I was in for for already four years and getting my bachelor's degree like I already feel like I had achieved that goal and and maybe I didn't need to go for more my my degree is actually in um, something that I am passionate about I will say that Um, my degree is in English literature and um, I have a BA in English literature from uh, from my university and I concentrated in uh, publishing studies and creative writing um, because I knew one day that I would want to maybe be an editor and if not an editor I at least wanted to know enough about publishing studies to know what I was getting into if I wanted to be an author and and know what what I might have to face um, being an author whether I self-publish or I go through uh, an actual established publishing company to um, to get my work out there and I, I love what I did. I really do. And I love my, my college experience, all of it, even, the, even the, the crazy ups and downs that I've had because I was in two relationships whilst in college, one that was, was very back and forth, one that lasted almost two years. And then, um, you know, my, my last uh, year and a half uh, of college, um, well, actually two and a half years, I guess you, I guess you would say, two two and three quarters of a year because um for half of a semester I was I was single and then for for two years after that I was single (laughs) um (laughs) and I'm still single now (laughs) but um so I I went through some crazy ups and downs in in college um because of personal life reasons because of um you know, uh, external factors because of, you know, uh, the complications of some of my classes because of the, the workload, because of trying to balance school and work and, and family life and personal life. And, you know, <laughs> and, and at one point I had it pretty balanced, but then at, at other points I didn't. And, um, but at the end of the day, I still, I still love what I did. And, and I will always love my university. I honestly will, um, because I made so many good friends there and, and so many deep connections that I will always remember for the rest of my life. Um, even connections with professors that I just really enjoyed their classes and I really, you know, loved them as, as instructors and, um, and one that I will always love because she had such an affinity for Shakespeare. Actually, her her PhD was in Shakespeare studies, and uh, she was one of the head uh, Shakespeare teachers at at my alma mater. And um, uh, she loved she loved uh, you know um, works like uh, works like that. She she loved that time period so much. And and I had never met somebody who had loved that time period as much as me until I met her. And um, you know, it, it was, it was really cool, um, and, uh, the head of the English department at my school was also really into 19th century literature, which is my alley, <laughs> uh, 19th century English literature, you know, like, um, like, uh, ooh, Wordsworth and Coleridge, um, he really got me even more into Wordsworth and Coleridge and Alfred Tennyson and, and just different things, um, well, Lord Alfred Tennyson, um, and, uh, Byron, and Shelley, and Keats, and, and he got me even more into that, and, uh, um, oh, uh, 
we, we discussed Dickens a lot. I, I can't tell you how much I discussed Dickens with this man. Um, <laughs> because uh, I wound up helping him with um, my last semester of undergrad uh, before I got my bachelor's degree. I, I wound up helping him with uh, his, his publication, his, his publication through the school, which was 19th century studies. And um, I helped him transcribe uh, some, some old texts um, and, and old written journals that he had copies of um, from, from Dickens and, uh, and Byron and Shelley and, uh, heck, I think even Keats um, of, like, the travel journals that they had um, when, they, when they went to, like, Italy and things like that in France and helped him transcribe those things to put into digital formats um, for his website that was my that was my undergraduate internship <laughs> and um, you know he he gave me books to read and he always like recommended different things that he would think that I would like and um, he he always encouraged me you know and even though he was like the head of the department and I only ever really had like one class with him aside from the internship that I did with him he he was one of the most encouraging people I had ever met. And I, I didn't even meet the head of the department until I was like two years into my degree. And, and I, went to, um, I went to an event. Um, I think it was actually like a world event, like a, like a world studies event. Um, like, cause, cause we would always do like international week. And uh, I think it was one of those events where, I, I first met the head of the department and I was like two years into my degree and and damn near about to graduate and you know like getting ready for the for the next like two years and and um he was always very encouraging and every time he would see me after after the first time I met him he was he was always like hey how are you doing how how are you doing in uh in in this class and and um and uh hey so I'm going to be teaching this next semester. You should probably join the class. I think you'd like it. And he was just always encouraging. And, and I will always, I will always remember that, you know, um, he was always looking out for me because he, he knew the kind of like literature that I liked so much because I, I, I talked to him one time and, and told him about it. And he was just like, yep, you know, that, that, (laughs) You know, uh, if you're if you're really interested in that, here's some resources and here's some classes that I that I think that you'd like to take. Um, so see if you can take them next semester when they're offered. And and um, he he was just the most kind-hearted soul. <laughs> and and um, and and I think I will always remember that professor because he always encouraged me to succeed in school. And and I was really. I was really grateful for that, <laughs> you know. Um, I love I love professors who are encouraging. <laughs> um, so, uh, but even though my degree, even though I do have a degree from college, um, I do have a bachelor's degree that I'm very proud of. Sometimes the path for you might not be that, and. And to have a path pushed onto you that you know you're you're you know you're maybe second guessing can give you this narrative that says, okay, well, if I'm not accomplishing this thing, then I'm not worthy. You know, or you might think that because other people want you to do it, that you should. And because other people have told you that you'll get a good job if you're successful in school, that you should go to school. 
But there are very many ways to be successful in this world. And you will find your way to be successful. And it'll be beautiful. But the more you listen to those narratives that you've held on to for so long that tell you that doing something unconventional is is going to get you nowhere or that you know you're you're not worthy of xyz because of thing that you did in the past or you're not going to be as successful because this person is already successful doing that thing that you're doing or you shouldn't go for this job because it's too far away from home or or you shouldn't move to to this place or or this city because it's it's too xyz (laughs) you know like whatever reasons other people give you that you take on can become the the cruelest criticisms and you can in turn become your worst enemy because you are now feeding yourself that same narrative you are now eating that food that you didn't like to begin with essentially and you're you're wondering why you know you you you, you're feeling so icky (laughs) you know um I guess that's the best way that I could put it you know you're you're wondering why your brain is so effed up because you're just like oh I really want to feel better and then you will supplement it with you know different different things that instead of helping you can sometimes numb you and it's never it's never easy but once you recognize that you know the the monster doesn't have to be so big it is one of the most healing things that you can ever experience. And as someone who's still going through their own journey, I know how hard it is to to have those narratives, you know, kind of like thrown at you and and put on you. And how hard it is to to add newer, more positive, good-feeling narratives into your life, you know, because trust me, I'm a person who loves affirmations and manifestations and meditating and yoga and all of these different things, and, you know, I can do it for a couple of days, and then sometimes a couple of days I just don't feel like it, but I know that when I do listen to my intuition, my intuition, and I listen to the voice inside of me that is telling me that I can go for anything, that I can achieve what, whatever I, I set my heart on, I can achieve whatever I set my mind to, I can do whatever it is that I'm setting out to do, regardless of whether or not other people believe in me. Because I know that there are people who believe in me in my life. And and even if it may only be 10 people, okay, that's 10 people to start. And those 10 people are probably going to tell their friends about what I'm doing. And then once those friends are like, hmm, okay, this sounds interesting. Doodaloo, loo, 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 I'm going to check it out. And then they like what I do. 
they're going to tell more people. And at the end of the day, sometimes the biggest supporter that you will have in your corner is going to be the one that you look at in the mirror when you wake up. Sometimes your biggest supporter is going to be you. And if you are not your biggest supporter, but you have someone who is supporting you while you are on that journey, that's fine too. But the reason I'm I'm saying all of this is because I know how easy it is to be your own worst enemy. I know how easy it is to accept those monsters and allow those monsters to get so scary that you even see them in your dreams or you see them at the foot of your bed when you're when you're in the dark and and you're like flicking the light on to be like was that real? <laughs> I know how easy it is to to like look at yourself and not and not really like what you're seeing because you see all of these negative narratives that you've taken on and and these beliefs that you have held within yourself. I know how how much easier it is to be mean to yourself essentially and to be that that biggest scariest monster. And sometimes I'm going I'm to I'm be honest right now. Sometimes when I'm in those scary moods and, and I'm having those, like, you know, moments where I'm seeing obstacles come up in my life and I am becoming my own worst enemy because I am allowing those obstacles to be bigger than they actually are. I'm creating mountains out of molehills, essentially, you know? Um... And, and I'm looking at it as something that I will never be able to get around or that I will never be able to climb or I will never be able to, you know, heck, even slay. I, I know that I would rather be facing off with, like, a dragon or... or um, a killer clown, like, then, then I would want to be facing off with these monsters that are in my head, you know, and these monsters that are in my head are not pretty, like, like, look, um, I like werewolves, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm gonna say that right now, I love werewolves, one of the scariest things to me is, is the Louisiana werewolf, the Rougarou, like, that is what, that is what my, um, (laughs) the, the, the Cajun werewolf, the Rougarou, is what, my uh my monsters look like the rougarou scares the crap out of me (laughs) (laughs) and I like werewolves and I'm not scared of werewolves but the rougarou be scary okay (laughs) um (laughs) but um you know uh a little history for y'all um a little history for y'all um you know yes I am from Louisiana and one of our like you know mythological creatures coming out of here is the rougarou so um you know, and it and it takes the the form of like a werewolf type entity, but a little bit, a little bit scarier looking, and and also a bit of a swamp dweller too. So it's like, huh? 
<laughs> but um but anyway um <laughs> I always got to throw in a little bit of humor to these episodes especially especially the messages ones because sometimes they can be a little serious and and this one's starting to feel like it's a serious one too so got got to cut it with some humor every now and again right Sorry I had to take a sip of water but um you know it, it Sometimes, when I recognize the monster, though, the monster becomes a lot smaller. When I acknowledge that the monster is there and that maybe I had a hand in creating it, then I recognize that I am also the one who can nurture that monster and tell that monster that, okay, look, you're here, and what do you need? What do you need? What do you want? What are you trying to do? I'm not afraid of you anymore. And then that monster just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And it doesn't take up as much space. It goes on the shelf with things that don't scare me anymore, you know? Um, an- another another thing that I used to be scared of. Um, I don't know if y'all, if y'all, uh, if anybody listening to this podcast is uh, familiar with the never-ending story. Ugh, like, I'm sorry, but that movie is brilliant, <laughs> um, but also traumatizing. <laughs> like... <laughs> You know, because I mean, it's a movie that 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 came out in the '80s, so it's it's older than me. Um, but um, you know, like, not to say that the '80s were old; they're not. Like, I love the '80s. Oh my god! Like, um, I really do. Uh, my my mom, uh, my mom loved a lot of '80s movies. So um, you know, I grew up watching a lot of '80s movies: uh, Weird Science, Breakfast Club, um, uh, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles. Uh, never-ending story better off dead um um so so many different like great movies that came out of that time um and and I'm and I'm probably not even even naming all of them oh my god labyrinth oh my jesus uh labyrinth was such a good movie um it still is a good movie (laughs) but like um you know the never-ending story is a great movie um, but it's also very traumatizing, and if you and if you've seen it, you, you will understand why. Um, but uh, spoiler alert for for those who haven't seen it: there is um, there is an antagonist in the movie called Gamork, and Gamork represents not only the the, the darkness within the world of Fantasia, um, but you know, and is like a, like a harbinger of the darkness and, and like the darkness is like, like fellow basically, but it represents a huge wolf. (laughs) Okay. With like piercing green eyes. And and, and I mean, even if you haven't seen the movie and even if you never want to watch the movie, you can, you can look up, you can look up Gamork on, on Google and, and find it. And, and it looks like a wolf, (laughs) but it, like it traumatized me as a kid 
Gamork traumatized me as a kid. And and even if you've never seen the movie, you probably also know the 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 other thing that isn't Gamork that's actually really cool, which is Falcor the Luck Dragon. Like he's super huge and and he's got like this long white glistening tail with like scales and and fur and and like his face kind of looks like a dog, but like he's a dragon and and he's super badass. Like like he's like the most chill character in this movie. <laughs> like really and and oh my god, like I love Falcor. Um, I think Falcor is what got me through the movie, really. <laughs> because, like, Falcor was just... Oh, Falcor is my heart. But <laughs> I was traumatized. Like, and, and I didn't even see the never-ending story until I was... Hmm, I want to say I was about uh, 10, 11-ish, 12-ish, some, somewhere around there. Um, because my little sister loved it as as a, as a youngin okay and and it was one of the the films that she that she would watch like repetitively um she went through you know because because as you're as a kid you'll go through phases where well you'll watch movies repetitively with me it was stuff like disney movies like beauty and the beast and and uh little mermaid and uh when i was a kid i used to call beauty and the beast beauty and the beast and bell <laughs> um, um but it was like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, um, Lion King for, for God's sake, you know, like, um, and then, um, then I got into Greece and, and, and Greece too, specifically. And, and like, I loved Michelle Pfeiffer and I, and I wanted to be her. Um, and, uh, <laughs> like, like I, I watched that repetitively and then I watched Coyote Ugly repetitively and then I watched Moulin Rouge repetitively and then I watched Chicago repetitively and, and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and, you know, <laughs> just, just different things, you know, but, but as a kid, you, you go through those phases where you'll watch things repetitively. And, and one of the things that my sister used to watch repetitively to go to sleep, mind you, was never ending story. Like, how can you go to sleep to never ending story? how how child (laughs) you know like I I could never understand how she could go to sleep to that like ever that and the last unicorn I I will never watch the last unicorn ever again that traumatized me more than than never ending story um not that it's a bad movie it's a great movie like like (laughs) I could never say anything bad about these movies because they were great um and and I do kind of love that like kitschy animation too, like the, the old school animation style. Um, but but Last Unicorn traumatized me even more than Never Ending Story. And and if you've seen it, you you probably know why. And and if you haven't seen it, good for you. If if you, you never want to see it, good for you. But like you know, like it traumatized me more. And um, but like Gamork was like the thing that that scared me. So like sometimes my internal monsters will represent something kind of similar to that. And and now that I'm a little bit older, now that I've learned to, you know, face my fears and I've started to like focus on on myself and focus on implementing healthier narratives into my life instead of the narratives that are going to keep me, you know, stuck and and you know, lacking confidence and and insecure. And projecting those insecurities into my friendships and relationships and and different things like that. And holding on to resentments that I don't need to hold on to. Um, Even resentments of myself. (laughs) Even self-resentment. The older that I get, the more that I grow, the more that I experience, the more that I learn to understand, the more that I even learn to forgive myself for the past. The smaller 
those monsters get the the more i'm able to deal with certain things and the and the less scary they are you know and 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 the more i can put them on the shelf of things that aren't scary and um you know, I'll even list things that, um, trigger warning if these might be scary things for you. And trigger warning for this episode, I probably should have said that. Um, I probably should have said that at the beginning. I forgive myself. I'm going to put a trigger warning in the description. Um, you know, just because, like, this, this, this episode can just get a little heavy. Um, and, and it is a little heavy. It's going to bring up some things, I, I, I suppose. And, and, um, I, I am going to put a little disclaimer, a little trigger warning, I promise. Um, but <laughs> uh, trigger warning for anybody who is is scared of horror movie, uh, like uh, the monsters, I guess, um, and unlike slasher films and stuff. And and if you have chlorophobia and you might be scared of clowns, I I am not. Uh, I used to be as a kid. I used to actually be scared of clowns, but um, uh, I am no longer scared of clowns. Um, so so that went on the shelf of things I'm no longer scared of, and I think it actually happened after I saw both versions of it that I just wasn't scared of clowns and you would think that that would actually scare you from from clowns but but it didn't I was just like uh nah <laughs> like uh, I'm not scared of this this is this is fine this is fine like I mean it's creepy sure it's supposed to be but and and like Bill Skarsgård has a very good knack for being creepy like oh my Jesus but like um it wasn't creepy to me uh and then um, I, I used to be scared of Gamork. No longer scared of Gamork. Um, you know, like, still kind of, still kind of scared of, like, the Rougarou, even though I like werewolves, but, like, you know, like, uh, only because the Rougarou is, is, is terrifying looking. Like, like, if you look up the Rougarou, you'll know why. Like, um, not scared of, not scared of anything that, like, you know, is supposed to be this, like, supernatural entity. I'm not scared of, uh, of certain things i'm not scared of uh oh what's what's another horror movie thing i'm not scared of i'm not scared of uh of freddy krueger i'm not scared of uh jason Voorhees. <laughs> i'm certainly not scared of ghostface <laughs> like like i mean in, in today's world ghostface would would be a little bit more of something that you should be scared of because people are are salacious like that i don't know but um not, not trying to not trying to put any false information out there but it's like you know somebody somebody going around doing the stabby stab is is is, uh you know that's terrifying (laughs) like well let's let's just leave it at that that's terrifying you know like like and and especially with you know the premise of 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 scream um uh, for people who have seen it and 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 for people who aren't who are just like aware of what of what it is even if they all never see the movie like it's it's people that they know that are that are doing these crimes uh within the films so um you know it's just like oh god that's terrifying you know like but um i'm not scared of that like like i'm just like hey look like there there are worse things out in this world to be scared of i guess i don't know but um but no, like, I, because because I guess it's in the context of a, of a film, not scared of it. <laughs> but um, but no. Uh, to anyway, um, my my point is is that like there are just things that like I'm no longer scared of because I've I've you know gotten gotten rid of those fears, I guess. And and those fears were always, especially when it comes to like horror movie like villains and and slasher movies and stuff like that 
sometimes those those fears um, are are based off of you know real real fears that we have in our lives and and sometimes the reason why they they are as scary as they are to us is because yes they were created to be scary but then we might have these these fears in our lives that make them even scarier you know and and you know but like I'm I'm less scared of horror movies than I used to be and um I, I don't know like I'm there are just so many things in life that I'm just not as scared of because I've started facing my own fears within myself I guess and and yeah but and I guess that's the whole point of me you know like putting out this episode and um you know um but I um I know that like I I ramble a little bit uh and and I've probably rambled a lot and and also like um you know (laughs) uh gotten a little gotten a little sidetracked here but the point of this message is that the monsters that we create are sometimes the scariest but when we learn to face them they don't have to be and um I, I right now like oh wow like I like I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm about to wrap up this episode <coughs> excuse me and um Excuse me, I had to take another sip of water. But um, I'm about to wrap up this episode. And as soon as I said, you know, sometimes the monsters that we create are um, are the scariest. Um, a song popped into my head <laughs> uh, from one of my favorite bands. Um, oh my God, they're probably going to hear this too. Um, so, so if y'all hear this, hi, uh, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> um, but... There's a band that's very popular right now called Motionless and White. They are on tour right now. And, um, oh my god, I, I really wish I, I could see them live again because they, they put on an amazing show. Like, those guys rock the house. Um, they, they're amazing live. Um, I've seen them live once, like, years ago. Um, and, and my dad saw them live for, for, uh, for a show near Halloween one year. And, um their Halloween shows are like dabomb.com apparently. And, uh, and I would love to see them for Halloween because that, that would be amazing. Like for real, like, <laughs> um, because Halloween shows are, are fantastic. Like if you've ever been to a Halloween show for a band, you know, just how fantastic it is, especially when the band is actually into Halloween, like as much as you are. So, um, <laughs> but, um, anyway, Motionless and White um, have a song called Voices, and it's one of their most played songs on Spotify. It's one of their most popular songs. Like every single time I put their their music on shuffle, it's 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 literally the second song that plays after whatever song plays first. Like, uh, or, or I will like put their music on shuffle on on Apple Music or on Spotify, and like I will hear Voices five times, you know, and I'm just like, I love the song, but five times are you trying to tell me something here (laughs) but um but um the the song the song pretty much does talk about that internal struggle that internal struggle with with the narratives that you've that you faced and the and the narratives that you've taken on and and the how the voices in your head can can literally be so loud 
and and also be so so hurtful and so harmful to you um and and the the band has even talked about that you know like in in an interview after the after the the song was was released and and after they did the music video too uh several of the band members have talked about how it affected them and and how it was good to get that out um and you know they they've they've done it in a in a documentary on their on their album disguise um voices is actually on a different album it's not on disguise but um I think it's on Graveyard Shift, actually. <laughs> if I'm wrong, <laughs> if I'm wrong, oops. <laughs> but no, I think it actually is on Graveyard Shift. But um, but uh, they they even talked about it in their um, in their documentary uh, for the making of Disguise, which was their album that came out after Graveyard Shift. Um, beautiful album, by the way. Oh my god, uh, like. Uh, the mastery of this album, the mastery of their albums, Graveyard Shift and Disguise, are like making me heavily anticipate the album that's coming out in June, uh, scoring the end of the world, um, and and like <laughs> their their recent single their recent single Cyber Hex is just giving me so many like Blade Runner vibes and I love it. Um, <laughs> but like anyway, let, let me not fangirl on this on this episode right now. <laughs> I'll fangirl later. Um, now, now I'm I'm totally joking. I'll fangirl whenever the fuck I want because they're an amazing band, and um, and I really do think that that more people should listen to their music. Uh, and it's not just because I'm biased; it's because like their music is like, you know, their music is a very a very good blend of like fun songs and songs that are like, you know radio bops basically you know like like songs that you would want to hear on the radio and songs that are really good sing-along songs um songs that you know are really good to you know jam out to with your friends um and and songs that are really profound like voices and um but they've even talked about it you know in several interviews on their on their documentary that they did for disguise um how profound some of the songwriting process was um, for for a lot of for a lot of their songs and and some of the experiences that they go through and some of the experiences that they did go through like writing disguise and and writing graveyard shift and and how they were feeling about themselves and and you know it's just like it's it's vulnerable moments like that 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 make you realize especially when you're listening to a band you know that make you realize that hey you're not alone you're not alone when you're going through the struggle and and other people have gone through it too but like and 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 especially with how popular the song voices is it's like yeah fans can see themselves in that song fans can fans have literally even like said to the band uh you know like hey I really love this song because I really connect with it like this is this like I've gone through these struggles and and this song like the the lyrics in this song like really really hit really hit home because yeah everybody's struggling in some sort of way you know you're going through something and and when you're going through something it's nice to have like a song that you can connect with like that and um you know like it it just popped into my head and uh (laughs) the the chorus um the chorus is um like voices in my head again beating me in a war I can't win 
I can hear them now Trapped in a game inside my own skin And I don't know myself anymore They're pulling me under And and the fact that like That's exactly how I feel when I say the words monsters When I'm talking about the different narratives um, That you can take on That wind up becoming those internalized monsters and those obstacles that are even scarier than anything else that you'll face in this world um so so I guess yeah (laughs) I guess I guess it was kind of uh, kind of like funny in a way that like that's that's the song that came out (laughs) but also like yeah sometimes the scariest things are 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 the other spaces in our minds that you know we've created over time because we were we were told these things about ourselves and we started to believe them and the reason the sole reason now that i'm coming to the end of this episode the sole reason that i am making this episode the sole reason that i wanted to put this message out there is because i know that i'm not the only one who struggles with this and i know that this message can help somebody else because many people who are tuning who are tuning into this podcast are, you know, I mean, I've shared it with friends. So my friends who are tuning into this podcast, you know, know very well uh, similar struggles. And and there are going to be other people who are going to tune into this podcast who are going to resonate with this because they've gone through similar struggles. But I want to end this episode by saying that just because those monsters are scary. Just because those monsters are there doesn't mean that they're going to stick around forever and doesn't mean that you cannot face those monsters and hold their hands and say, hey, we're going to get through this together. Sometimes the best thing to do, especially when you notice that those monsters are scary and you notice that those voices in your head are, are you know, beating you in a war you can't win, <laughs> like... Is, is to take those voices, to take those monsters, to, to turn it into a figment. And, ah, figment. <laughs> um, that's another story. Um, there's, a, there's a Disney character called, fin, called Figment, uh, uh, who, is, who is basically the figment of your imagination. Anyway, um, but enough of the tangents. <laughs> but... Turn it into a figment. Turn it into an actual, an actualization. Visualize what that monster looks like. Once you, once you visualize what that monster looks like, and you face that monster, and you say, "I'm not afraid of you," and you listen to that voice, and you say, "I'm not afraid of you," then the journey is a lot easier to move forward and to let go of what's what's holding you back to to let go of what's no longer serving you to really really get out of that space that you know is only going to negatively impact you further and once you're able to get once you're able to get past that once you're able to not necessarily battle or fight or or suppress or or slay or anything like that you're not you're not trying to win over these inner demons you're not trying to triumph over evil here 
sometimes the best thing to do is to look at those monsters and say, I see you. I see you, and I'm going to help you. Because you're a part of me now. And sometimes the best way to, to handle those monsters is to give them space to exist without letting them be the only thing in existence. And to nurture them and recognize their presence is sometimes the best way to heal them. And is sometimes the better way to heal them than trying to suppress them or trying to slay them or trying to get them to not exist by snapping your fingers. Because <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You know, like, um, it really doesn't. But that, that's, a, that's an episode for another time. <laughs> but sometimes the best thing to do is to acknowledge those monsters and say, I'm here, I see you, and you're not alone. It's going to take some time, but we're going to get through this. So, I end this episode by saying, if there's a scary monster in your brain, if there are voices in your head, if there's something in your life that is coming up as an obstacle, sometimes the best thing to do is to just sit and face it and acknowledge it and and bring it into a space of acceptance. Instead of making it an enemy that you have to defeat, making it a friend. Making it a friend that sometimes might need a little bit of extra kick. Because the best way to care for yourself, the best way to care for yourself and to actually get yourself to a healing space is to tender to yourself and to be tender to those monsters because not all monsters are evil not all monsters are bad not all monsters are ugly sometimes they're actually a lot cuter and beautiful than you think that they are and sometimes they'll become smaller and and more manageable when you realize that they're not coming from a place of 100% malintent they're coming from a place that needs to be nurtured so I end this episode by saying nurture yourself as much as you possibly can Listen to yourself when you need to. Listen to your body. Listen to your feelings. Acknowledge them. Don't try to suppress them. Don't try to just let it go, let it go, let it go. Whether you confront people, external things, external situations, external people, or you just sit there with it with yourself and you 
write it down in a journal until your hand hurts. <laughs> or you you cry it out if you need to. Or you lean on a friend so that you have somebody else to to share that thought with and those feelings with so that you don't feel so alone and you're not going through it alone. Nurture yourself as much as you can. And if you can't nurture yourself on your own, reach out to people that you care about and, and that you trust and that you you trust to be there for you. Because I guarantee you, they will be. And remember this. You are loved. You are valid. You are worthy. You are worthy of so much acceptance. You are worthy of existing on this planet and receiving love and receiving abundance and receiving prosperity and receiving everything that it is that your little heart desires. Or hell, not even your little heart. Hearts aren't little. Hearts are big. Hearts are meant to beat. (laughs) Everything that you desire, you are worthy of it. I promise you that. I promise you that. And you are loved. And if nobody else has told you today, and if you haven't told yourself today that you are loved, I'm going to tell you I love you. I love you so much. And I see you. And you're valid. And you're beautiful. And you're strong. And you're capable. And you are worthy. And I am proud of you. I'm proud of you for doing whatever it is that you could manage to do today. Even if it was just drink a glass of water. Even if it was just get out of bed. Even if it was eat a cookie. I'm proud of you. And I will always be proud of you. And I will always love you. Good night. And I hope to see you in the next episode. If you like this episode and you want to submit topics for me to talk about or you want to leave comments, you can directly message me through Spotify or Anchor. Or you can reach out to me at my social media at Skellington Grin on Instagram, at Skellington Grin on Twitter, minus the I in Skellington, and on Patreon at Skellington Grin. I hope to see you everywhere, and I love you.